Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe, Lewis Goldberg, and Nick Opich of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis industry forward. This week, Ann and Nick are speaking with Anthony Noto, a cannabis editor at Benzinga and one of the co-hosts of the Benzinga Cannabis Hour, a live podcast that is well worth checking out. Ann and Nick love talking to reporters, and this episode is one of the reasons why. They dig into the election, drug policy reform, the MORE Act, the Biden administration, and more. Ever the reporter, Anthony turns the tables on Nick and Ann and starts asking them questions. This is one of those episodes that just flows. Now on to the conversation. Tony, welcome to the Green Rush. Oh my goodness, I've made it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> this is only, of all the podcasts I've done, I've only been a guest on like one. What? That's yeah, not you, possible. Th this would be the second, yeah. Ah, well, you know what they say, first is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Second's the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, you know, like I said in the, we were just talking offline here. We love having reporters on. Um, it's a little bit inside baseball. You know, we talk to you guys all day long um, and it's kind of fun uh, for our audience to kind of hear, you know, your unfiltered perspective. Um, so I think the best way for us to go here, there's, there's been kind of an exciting week in cannabis. Um, we're recording this on the 10th. Um, yeah. So we had some big stuff happen last week. What, what um, was that? was last week. It feels like a hundred years, years ago. I don't know. It's like, yeah. So it's funny. Uh, you, yeah. You mentioned like inside baseball. Every time I try to talk about stuff like in a story or whatever to like my mom or something, I always try to like, I always try to explain it like as if I'm talking to my mom. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, here's what happened with regulation in, in cannabis. And I really try and she, cause she's from that old school world where it's like, what? Yeah. Why would anybody still want to, what, what is CBD? Should I be, what is this? Tell me to me, Anthony. Yep. So I'm like, well, here's the deal. And I, I do my best Joe Biden. Look, here's the deal. Come and on, man. Try, yeah. You got to tell these stories as if you're, you know, uh, talking to your mom, you know, you want yeah. everybody to get it. Well, my mom listens and my mother-in-law listens. So uh, awesome. I, we're just educating everybody. Yeah. That's um, two, that's two listeners right there. Two listeners. I feel good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, were you surprised or how surprised were you that, that, that cannabis had such a big week last week? Well, I, I mean, it, I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts because you and I uh, co-hosted that panel Yes. which was uh, part of the Benzinga Cannabis Hour uh, the week before. And I almost feel like it's, it's, it's too bad because it's kind of dated right now. I wish I we, know. <laughs> we, you know, we went an hour with um, some of the top players in the cannabis industry and I had thought about it, but I didn't make any assumptions. Like, I think I definitely knew New Jersey was going to pass yeah. cannabis re regulation. And I guess I leaned uh, in the same way that some of our guests did, where they were like uncertain about Mississippi and they were a little uncertain about South Dakota. But lo and behold, all five states with cannabis initiatives on their ballots, 
just okayed it. And I stayed up till three in the morning. I made sure we had all the info. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like a zombie the next day, but it was worth it because it was really exciting to see that the country was, they like their weed. Yeah. Yeah. Drug I, I reform mean, was definitely the big winner, I think, on that too. hundred percent. And, and yeah. I think we went in, um, I don't even remember what I said on that podcast, but, um, well, I it think was very I, serious. I, it was a serious I, chat, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. And, and, I, and I remember, um, you know, obviously we're, we're, we were big on New Jersey cause I am from New Jersey and everybody in my family is super excited, but right. I think, you know, from being in the cannabis industry, we've been burned a couple times. So yeah. I think it was almost too much to hope that we would sweep it. So yeah. I think that we were very cautiously optimistic, but we, we didn't, I didn't think that South Dakota would do it. And I didn't think Mississippi would do it. So I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It really is one of those things that both the right and the left typically agree on, mm -hmm. but it was so funny in the, in the months leading up to it, like, um, I read this story, I think it was on Marijuana Moment or something. They picked up on a comment that Trump made at one of his rallies. And he, he basically said, you know, stop putting marijuana on your ballot. <laughs> and everybody was like, wait, why? Like, <laughs> you realize that's, it's kind of cool. Like people want it. And I, I say that as I'm not a, a user, not typically. I mean, I've had like, I enjoy an edible every now and then, but um, you know, being based in New York, it's hard to get. And uh, I, I'm not really a, a pot fan. But what I do love is uh, entrepreneur. I love entrepreneurs. And when I started covering the cannabis space, uh, my first uh, introduction to it was through uh, Tiki Barber, who after he left NBC, he uh, launched a, a, a financial firm to advise uh, up and coming cannabis entrepreneurs. And I did a podcast with him and he was, he kind of schooled me on it a little bit. And he, it was cool because I have a theater background and he was on Broadway and Kinky Boots. So we bonded he over was? that. He I was? Yeah. That. I yeah. did not know that. Okay. Yeah. Well, we and definitely need him on our podcast, but yeah. Did he, not. He's a great talker. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he, he really, um, so we connected on theater, but then he, we, you know, started talking about cannabis and just from, look, let's be honest, this, this country loves big business. We love to make money. We love capitalism. It's not going anywhere depending on, you know, no matter what the other people have you believe with certain rhetoric, but we, you know, we thump our chest at how wonderful capitalism is, but we're holding back all of these entrepreneurs. They don't have access to the same avenues for capital and whatnot, stuff that you've covered on your podcast. We don't have to go into it, but you know how it is. And I just, for me, that was like a big, like, what, what, what are we doing here? Like people are going to want businesses to have, to be able to be treated the same way as other types of businesses. You know, so. I want to go back to your comment about, you know, President Trump saying, don't put cannabis on the ballot. That's what will drive Democrats to the polls. And, you know, we're seeing in a really close race in Arizona that, you know, yeah. I wonder if this is what the, the tipping point is, you know, if maybe the, the Republican governor, Doug Ducey out there or Trump or even Martha McSally had tried to show any kind of enthusiasm for that kind of bill. I wonder if that, you know, sways some of those voters that may have been <laughs> like, nah. Yeah, it's so, it's so silly. I mean, like, I, I know, you know how they zoom into the counties where yeah. like mm -hmm. you see like all this red but then they zoom into these two giant blue counties and then they're like, well, here, a lot of these votes are coming from this place. <laughs> it seems like they prefer the other candidate. And one of them was Flagstaff, Arizona. 
mm-hmm. and my Flagstaff was was very blue, and um, my missus is her ancestors founded Flagstaff. Wow! Like back back in the day, like her, like when Out it was on, just uh, like Route sixty six. Yeah, yeah. So when it was just like <laughs> one drugstore and like a church. Wow. And and to see it like now, it's like this, you know, it's this big, and I saw it pop up on CNN. And I imagine a lot of the folks there are like industry savvy and they want their, their weed. Oh yeah. Well, they want industry a, yeah. too, to your point. It's a, it's a, it's a college and resort town. It, it makes total sense that they would see all the success that Colorado has had and driving tourism through that and want to, to get some of those same gains. Absolutely. Yeah. And fun fact, Nick is moving there next week. Yeah. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. I, so I'm originally from Phoenix. And so, uh, uh, I'm making the move back across the country from New York, uh, to ooh, my hometown. Ooh, so what, what led to that decision, Nick? Um, partly it's COVID. I'm currently in a 400 okay. square foot apartment in New York, uh, with my wife ooh. and it's a little tiny in here. So yeah. where, where do you live in New York city? Uh, I'm in the upper West side. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm on, um, I'm in midtown East. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Oh. We, yeah. We moved That's here our a, a year ago to the, from the Bronx and thinking like, oh, well, this is great. We'll take advantage of like the city and finally live in Manhattan. And then COVID hit three months later. So, yeah. oh, you know, there wasn't too much that we could actually do. And it doesn't look like things are slowing down. And, you know, now the exciting part is I'm, I'm moving back to the, the blue state of Arizona. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That that's going to have an up and coming medical or up and coming recreational market after yeah. a really successful medical market, um, and it, you know I'll get to be close to my family. But that's Absolutely. actually super exciting for me. That's that's cool. So you have a big family there in Arizona. Yeah, my sister, my parents. I got uh, some cousins out there too. So okay, yeah. Well, happy, happy trails, man. I mean, I, I I hate to as a fellow New Yorker, I hate to see another New Yorker go, but uh, that's just it's what's happening these days. Like, there's so many vacancies in in the building that we're in. And uh, whenever I walk the dog, I, I talk to the my coffee guy uh, around the corner, and he's just like, "There's a hundred vacancies in this building, like a hundred. That's insane. And people are just, you know, you know, we used to be able to because we were big theater folks, and um, especially my wife, she loves to walk to Broadway. You know, like we can we could have walked to a show. I was a uh, I'm a uh, sports fan. I used to walk to Madison Square Garden to see like a wrestling event or something like that. And there's none of that anymore. And if you know, you can't even mm-hmm. like really sit out and have dinner at a at a restaurant without feeling kind of worried. And it, that's it. New York kind of for the moment is a little bit of a it lost its appeal. We have to make our own fun, you know. But if you have yeah. the opportunity to go and um, move back home and be with family and you know pay less rent, I mean, I I applaud you for that, man. Yeah, it's it's like the city's on pause a little bit. I I, yep. I believe in the resilience of it, and I'm hopeful that you know things will get, especially with the the vaccine news this week from Pfizer. You know, hopefully that 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 drives everybody back and gets things open back up here soon. Yeah. Do but, you think they held that news? That's I was no. wondering the same thing. No. Oh my all my Trumpies in, in my life were all like, this is a, see, see what happened? And I'm like, no. I don't think they could have held that news, um, but it, it is interesting. And that was my first guess too. But I mean, they're a big, huge yeah. public company. That's not, you know, but it, I did. Of course I thought that this is where we are now. Yeah. <laughs> this well, is do, how we you, think about things. What was the story? Was it AstraZeneca who came forward with some, um, 
preliminary results and they weren't that great and it kind of made them look bad is, is it actually yeah i, I think it was please don't fact check me on ago. that i think it was though like uh it was like a month and a half ago or something that they'd come out where it was like progress but not as great a progress as people yeah would have i mean no i don't i don't i'm not afraid of just mentioning okay, i think it was AstraZeneca. i could be wrong but it was like oh there was some a lot of side effects and what whatnot there was it was not good so then um pfizer uh even if they did have it, right? Like, do they do they go forward when like all eyes are on, you know, the election coverage, or do they hold it and really make sure that what they have, all, all their T's are crossed and their eyes are dotted? You know what I mean? I mean, the doctors that I've seen, and I'm a big Dr. David Agus fan, um, and and you know the the people who are who are following this really closely were, were giddy about this. Like Agus was saying that, you know, they were hoping for a 50% um, efficacy rate. And the fact that it's 90%, like he was like clapping his hands, you know, and that is not like doctors don't do that. Um, So that kind of gave me a little like pause to be like, Oh, okay. This is maybe a little more material than I thought. Yeah. So Uh, fingers crossed. Oh my gosh. But so so you're in New York, born yeah. and raised in New York? Yeah, I was born on Staten Island, which okay. is a Trump country right now. Obama did win once there in my lifetime. Yeah. It went, it went uh, blue briefly, but then uh, they're That's very- That's a bad rap, that Staten yeah. Island, but- Yeah, it you does. Know. And I, but- You get Col- Colin Jost and Pete Davidson though, you know. Yeah, no, a lot of fame. I mean, I think Christina Aguilera was born there. Oh. Um, and they filmed a bunch of amazing movies on Staten Island. It's very scenic. It's a lovely town, but it's, um, you know, it's, it's kind of got a little bit of every place you can find in the country, whatever, like different corner of America, you can find like a sliver of it in Staten Island. Mm -hmm. Like we have deer, there's parts that are very (laughs) rustic, like, but then it's kind of busy and cool and, and rural, like, um, I mean, urban, like, uh, like, you know, like it's got like, um, like North Shore of Staten Island's got that artsy uh, Williamsburg vibe to it. But then you go um, on the South Shore, it's it kind of, it's it's akin to Long Island. Mm. So there's like a kinship between Staten Island and Long Island, both very Republican. And uh, from there, I, but you know, I, I, I'm a proud Man- Manhattan resident now. And, um, you know, I, I feel more in line with the, with the, f- the way folks think here. Like when, after, after election day, like we went outside, actually, no, that day there was just, you can just feel the collective sigh of relief, you know, among everybody, yeah. like, ev- like the girls were walking by, like, you know, cheering and guys were out like toasting their, like, you know, raising their beer glasses. It was just, are you saying on election day or day after election day? Oh, or I'm sorry. Saturday? Yeah, I, 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 I meant about Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Okay. I, meant yeah. Saturday. I was still pretty nauseous there Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh yeah. That, that's what <laughs> yeah. I meant. Like, okay. we, we were all, we were all grinding our teeth between yes. Tuesday and Saturday. And then yes. once we got okay. that news, like we went out, I, we got some margaritas and look, I, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I'm not, I know we're supposed to be like impartial journalists, whatever, but I think those days are done. Like, we're just, I have to just be honest here and just say that, you know, for the country and for the cannabis industry, a Biden Harris uh, ticket was the best scenario. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, that's just a fact, you know, like there's no way that any, any, uh, even if you're a Republican entrepreneur who is like considering investing in a, a cannabis ETF or whatever, a Trump presidency wasn't was probably not the best choice for you, mm-hmm. you know. So, well, well let's so expand I, on that. 
Um, yeah, because, you know, Joe Biden is going to be president-elect. The Senate is still a toss-up, though. And it really does seem like it's going to end up with a, a Republican majority. You know, we'll see what happens with Georgia and the runoff. But how likely do you think that a, a Biden-Harris presidency and, you know, a Republican Senate can actually work towards meaningful cannabis reform? So I, one thing I always ask people that I interview, if they're um, – especially from that world, like the government, who was, who was, who do we talk to on that panel? That was, uh, uh, gosh, his name is escaping me right now. But, um, one of the guys, he, he's, he went, part of his job is to actively talk to government officials and Chris and Crane, Chris Crane. Right. Yes. And, oh, and David Culver. Yes. Too. It was both of them. Oh yes. David is, is in, in DC, I think. Yeah. So, so David yeah. and Chris are like the two guys I would ask this to. And I also asked, uh, Justin Dye this from Schwaz because I think he grew up in the same town as, as Mitch McConnell. <laughs> and I asked, I asked these guys, I'm like, what would you say to Mr. Zero Charisma and try to convince them to, <laughs> to be cool with cannabis. And, and they ha- all have great answers that it's, you know, for health reasons and that there's different layers to CBD and, and uh, it's, it's just good for industry in general. And that, uh, and the, for your the, the state. Old, yeah, for your state. And what, you know, the old way of looking at things, it's very antiquated, antiquated the way we used to uh, look at uh, CBD and cannabis. So they have good answers. And I guess one thing I heard was that like, uh, I guess like Sunday or Monday it was that um, uh, Joe Biden called Mitch McConnell. And I saw somebody on CNN. um, Oh no, no, it wasn't CNN. It was CBS. It was John Dickerson on CBS uh, on face the nation. He says that um, uh, Joe Biden has a better, had a better relationship with Mitch McConnell than uh, Barack Obama did. And it, those weren't his exact words, but like there was, it's, it was hinted that like Mitch kind of got along with Joe Biden a little bit better. So if Joe is that guy who can reach across the aisle and negotiate with, with Mitch, uh, maybe something could happen, you know, depending on, despite who has the majority in the Senate. I hope so. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm, more pessimistic that, you know, they're not going to give a Democrat a win no matter what. Um, yeah. You know, so, cause he, he kind of indulges sad. in that grim reaper persona yep. that he took on. Right. Yep, uh, yep. I, I don't know why anybody would want that legacy. I mean, wouldn't it be, does, does wouldn't he, it, it feel good to be like, Hey, you know, pay attention to the, the votes in gosh, New Jersey, right. Uh-huh. Uh, Minnesota, Mississippi, uh, South Dakota, and Arizona, why don't you pay attention to what your voters are uh, interested in in those states, you know, and Kentucky in, in itself. So I don't know. I, I, it'd be a dumb move on his part to uh, be a Grim Reaper on everything. Like work with the guy, you know, that's what that's all Americans want. Yeah. I mean, I think he's okay with that status though, but yeah, I agree. Like- it's weird, right? It's, <laughs> it's got to be like, if he is, that's, that's almost a... Um, I don't know, sociopathic or something like that. Or, yeah, just to be like your legacy is a human roadblock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So who knows? Georgia, uh, Georgia. I, I hope it. Um, oh man, it comes through in January. Stacey Abrams, geez, right? Wow. There's a She's song. Just- um, 
by uh, my, one of my favorite singers, Brian Fallon, where it starts out, it goes, Stacey, I'd like to take you to a movie. And I, <laughs> I, I, I just sing it to myself every time I, I see Stacey Abrams. Oh my I'm God, like, thank I have you, to Stacey. look that up. <laughs> yes, thank you, Stacey. She's still got a lot of work to do, but yeah. um, I think she's got a real national presence and you know the, the work that she's done there is is just amazing. And I I would bet on her every day of my yeah. life. So and it, it um, made me and the missus feel good because we love Savannah, Georgia. I do too. Yeah, oh my Savannah, gosh. Yeah. Savannah's like our favorite town ever. And uh we we got engaged there. Oh. And uh it's like it's got like that romantic backstory for us. And uh, when I saw that they were lit up blue, it made me feel pretty good. And then when it flipped, I was like I, I felt like um Thor in Ragnarok when he goes when he sees the Hulk come out yeah. of the the door and he's like yes <laughs> like that was my reaction I'm, I was just you, Georgia came through and I think that you know that made me feel pretty good. Well, I mean, what do you think is going to happen to New York? Like what well, you know, Cuomo has said that he thinks 2021's the year. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd be silly I mean, not to do it, right? I mean, New York doesn't like to be left out of whatever's cool in the world. So it's going to look at New Jersey and it's going to be like, hey, us too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Said yeah. no one ever about New Jersey, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, New Jersey, it's a, we're, Staten Island was, a, was closer to New Jersey than it was to New York. And I, I loved how my, my college buddies would remind me of that because I went to school at Rutgers. And they would be like, you should be a part of us. Like you should be here. They well, should my just dad sell you. tells stories that he used to go to Staten Island to drink. Sorry, dad, diming you out here because the, the drinking age was lower in New York. And that was just a closer way to get to New York from Monmouth County, New Jersey. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Where, where would he drink? Do you know? I have no idea. Probably I, somewhere completely irresponsible. Nah, I think, well, <laughs> some of the old bars on Staten Island, if anybody's ever, you know, I don't want to spend too much time talking about that that, that place, but uh, there are some wonderful uh, classic German bars on Staten Island that are really fun, like Kilmeyer's, and, and then they've been there since like forever. So if he drank at one of the fun places, those are really cool bars. I mean, we also found, and this is totally, totally off subject, but we also found that he and my father-in-law also also did the same thing. And my father-in-law was from uh, Brooklyn and they okay. would go for whatever reason to Staten Island and hang out and drink. So I will. Yeah. yeah. And Staten Islanders used to go to Brooklyn for pizza. That's funny. <laughs> but oh L&B's gosh. or something. I love New York. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. So we yeah, talked- well, you asked, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you asked no, like, what's going to happen? I, uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, um, look, I, 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 I think, I think things need to get done and, um, I don't, tr- I don't think anybody really trusts Mitch, Mitch McConnell. So hopefully the uh, Senate leans left. I mean, and, and, the, and what, what I also hope is like, we're, you know, the economy is struggling right now. And, yeah. and this is a business that can be, you know, adding to the economy, adding to the tax revenues, um, helping to fund schools and, and, uh, you know, rehabilitation programs and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that some of that gets lost sometimes that like, here is an industry that can go right now and can be making you money right now. What's yes. the big deal? And the problem is though, that uh, we just did this on the, um, Benzinga cannabis hour. I wasn't a part of this episode, but they were, um, they were interviewing, uh, oh geez, I'm going to come back to me on the names, but they were talking about how expensive it's going to be in, um, uh, 
come in New Jersey. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, so yes. Oh, it was, um, uh, Vishal and Ankar from uh, C3 Industries were the guests. Mm-hmm. And um, they were talking about, yes, it's great that cannabis is legal now, but do you guys know how expensive it is to start a business in New Jersey and Arizona or how, how expensive it's going to be? So that's something that needs to be addressed. Like looking forward, how are these folks going to be able to launch their businesses? I mean, they're going to be, you know, text up the wazoo. And a lot of these licenses are going to be hard to get. So I think that that's something that we really need to look at. Like if, if you know, and you, you, me and Nick wanted to open up like a, a pub, we could probably do it. But yeah. would we be able to open up a dispensary? It might be really difficult. The impression I get from the industry guys is like, we just hope to be able to, you know, make the acquisition that could allow us to go into these markets, you know? Well, and you need like a million bucks liquid, right? At least to even consider it. Yeah. And I don't got a million dollars. No. And I, hopefully the, I mean, they, I just saw today that, um, the more act is going to be voted on in December. Yes. Yeah. So do you think that has any teeth? Is that, is that going to be able to get anywhere in the Senate or is this just lame duck, you know, legislation being considered? Gosh, you know, I, I don't know. I, Again, it goes back to how silly these uh, uh, senators and, and are going to be. Like, are they? Can they not look at what happened? And can that can what happened in those five states move the needle for them? I mean, they have to see that and recognize that. If they don't, they're just being foolish. See, I get the impression that there's not going to be a lot of compromises over the next four years if if it's going to be Democrats and Republicans having to share power. What I think more likely you're going to see is that governors are going to actually have to take the lead on this. Like we saw with Phil Murphy openly throwing support behind the cannabis legislation. Right. Where as we get into the budget stuff in New York, Cuomo's going to have to be a vocal uh, supporter of it. We've talked with Liz yeah. Kruger here in the state in the past. Like she has openly said that if Cuomo openly supports cannabis being part of the budget, it'll pass. And then you look at Tom Wolf in Pennsylvania. Like that's where I see the momentum growing more in the next four years. Is we're going to still need more states to actually pass their own laws to get the federal government finally over that line. Yeah, there you go. That, that'll probably happen. I mean, yeah, I think Cuomo is going to step up. And he was going to do it, but um, I think I think he was just, I mean, if you remember, they would stream all of his news conferences, right? Like people were all, they were all eyes were on New York. And I, I don't think that he wanted to distract himself with anything else. And uh, that's part of the reason why I think it didn't go through for the, I think he was just concentrating on COVID. Yeah. And part of me just thinks he's, he's an old school politician and it's just not an issue that rings his bell. Right. He, he's not a, I mean, he's Italian. He, he wasn't into <laughs> cannabis. He's probably, he was probably more into, you know, Negronis and, and, you know, a little scotch like my father was, you know. <laughs> or there's that. Yeah. So I, I, my, my hopes are high. Um, but yeah, I think, I think you're right, Nick. I think the governors are going to have to step up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, if New Jersey can get their rules together, that Pennsylvania seems pretty ready to go. If Pennsylvania, New Jersey go, Cuomo's not going to 
not going to let himself be surrounded by by cannabis uh, states. And I think right. I, I think it was the Connecticut governor was also saying, you know, if if New York gets it, if Massachusetts gets it, I can't watch all those dollars leave my state. Yeah. And you might get some, some young folks who just, it, it raises the appeal of New Jersey, right? Like I, my buddy, Matt and, um, his girlfriend, Celeste, they moved to, uh, Jersey city. I mean, I don't think they're into it, but you get these, um, New Yorkers who are leaving for New Jersey and yeah. that might up the appeal, you know, to like, hundred uh, percent. yeah. So when for we certain were- New Yorkers. Yeah, when we were con- before we finally decided on Phoenix, we talked about moving to Hoboken. You know, still stay close to our friends there because you, yeah. you know cannabis is going to be there, the market's going to be there, and you know it, it's still close enough to New York. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you were at the end of the day. What was the, the deciding factor? Just family in Arizona, or were you still kind of hoping for Hoboken to come to be uh, like, a, like a decision? I think it came down to. Uh, not wanting to suffer through a winter where you can't go outside anymore. Mm, I I, I spent 20 years in Arizona. I, I, I am of this strong opinion that seasons are overrated. I want (laughs) 340 days of sunshine and I I can live with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, me and Ann will, will look forward to, uh, I don't know, the Jersey shore. We'll be vaccinated by then. Hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. I mean, I'm from Jersey, but I'm in LA. And so I, I miss seasons. Are you um, in LA? Wow. In I LA. didn't, did, did yes. we cover that? I don't think we did last time remember. we talked. I don't remember. Where yeah, in LA a, are you? Uh, Marina Del Rey. I, I, I've heard of it. I it's might right next driven. to Venice. And like we're between Venice and the airport is our okay. claim to fame. So uh, my wife, Tessa is from Long Beach, California. Oh, okay, cool. And so we go there for the holidays sometimes. And I love Long Beach. And sometimes we, and we hang out in LA. Like we drive love, out to, yeah. Not, yeah, nice. The, and the Long Beach airport is a dream next to Isn't LAX. it cool? Yeah. It's like Art Deco-y. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, yeah. it looks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But I mean, um, we, so, wow, off track. No, go ahead. LA. I was talking about LA. What was I? T- where was I going with this, Nick? Well, th- well, they have a big cannabis uh, community. I mean, a lot of I can't tell you how many news releases oh, yeah. come across my desk where they're talking about dispensaries opening in Long Beach. Oh, do you know how many clients we have to be like? Please don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell me, what's going on with your clients? Is there any news that you guys can break? Like, what can we? Uh, what can I take back with me? That's a mm. tough question, I know. <laughs> but, you know, it's the news reporter in me. I love to break I know. news. Well, I want to keep them as clients, so uh, <laughs> I probably won't. Well, it could be old news. I'm them. pretty good at spinning stories forward. <laughs> so if you have anything that came out recently, I know a lot of people are tight-lipped going into, uh, you know, November 3rd. Uh, yeah, I think people, we were in earnings season right now. Um, so they're all heads down, you know, getting through that, at least the public companies. Um, and honestly, people are still in this like haze of post-election stuff. So, yeah. you know, it's kind of like, okay, so we put a lot of stuff on hold. <laughs> uh, we didn't want to announce it in like a crowded, you know, or into shouted into the void, which was like news from the last two weeks. Um, so can I, I ask you guys a question? Like, do, yeah. do you, what's, have you ever talked to your clients about where they're growing? Cause I, I think part of the narrative, you know, oh, oh, this year was looking at folks like Kim Rivers at True Leave and seeing how she's just so concentrated on Florida. Right. And then there was uh, Justin Dye, Schwaz. He's like so concentrated on Colorado. Then you get guys like Josh Genderson from Holistic who are like, 
I'll look at any state where I can, you know, uh, grow and expand. Like he, he's looking in New Jersey now. And, um, what's the, is, is, is there any feedback that you guys get in terms of like what, what the, um, benefit is of like concentrating on one state and, you know, after election day, is that kind of all BS now? Are they going to just be like, yeah, we'll go, we'll look at New Jersey and Arizona now. I think a lot of our clients are, you know, what we're hearing are, um, making sure what you have now is working and, and, and making sure that, that, you know, you can march towards profitability, um, using what you have, because I think, you know, it's been a lot harder to raise money, um, for growth and investors aren't super into seeing, um, a map of the world as your footprint. Um, you know, they want to see, you know, what you're working with, what are you producing? Are you making your margins? Right. Um, so we're not seeing the, I mean, at least with, with, in my corner of the business, the land grab so much as we're seeing operational importance. I don't know, Nick, do you have a different opinion there? No. Yeah. I think that's, that's definitely it. It's, it's less than, you know, like a year and a half ago, it was the the PowerPoint companies that point to a bunch of dots on a map and like, here's, here's where we're going. And we, here's all these outrageous numbers that, you know, if the market keeps growing like this, we're going to be, you know, rolling in money. And, uh, the reality is, is, you know, anything can happen And what investors and what our clients are telling us is that operations is what's, what's going to matter. Can you grow efficiently at scale? How can you compete in these markets? So if, yeah. if you're not executing well in, uh, uh, in a certain market, it doesn't really make sense for you to try and replicate that somewhere else. It's like, get your stuff in, in, in order before you try to, you know, build something that you're not sure will work. Yeah, it's kind of funny, but for the folks listening who may not be um, cannabis-minded or whatever, like I said this to somebody <laughs> Boy, recently. Boy, did you stumble on the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe they came to listen to, uh, who knows, my my my, my Italian accent. <laughs> the smooth from stylings of yeah. Anthony no, but I, I said this to somebody recently. I said... Um, uh, it, it kind of reminds me of, I mean, there's gotta be a comparison to other industries. And I, I made, I, I mentioned Dunkin' Donuts and how for a long time, Dunkin' Donuts, you couldn't find it out West. Like it oh, just, it, yeah. it grew as a franchise in, on the East coast. I and remember it was there, huge when it, when Dunkin' Donuts finally hit Phoenix. That, right. That oh, it hit LA and, and yeah, over. I was like, and really you guys? Talk yeah. about LA. I mean, like us New Yorkers, <laughs> most of us still don't know the joys of biting into an In-N-Out burger, you know? <laughs> so it's like, maybe there's a, there's a logic to that though. Like In-N-Out is kind of, you know, slow and steady like growth in like places like I think mostly California. But then like when I was in Utah earlier this year, like there was like one in and out, you know? So it's like, maybe there's like a strategy to just a slow growth as opposed to just, you know, rapid expansion, like, like, you know, like the bumbling dopes behind WeWork, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mentioned that on a podcast earlier this year, somebody was asking me about, um, we work. And I was like, well, we work the guy, look what happened. Like he, he, he grew like a, he spent his money like a fool and the, and the, you know, all these locations were all for not, especially now during, you know, quarantine times. So there's a logic to maybe, you know, concentrating on one region or one state versus, you know, just this fast and rapid, 
you know, expansion plan across the nation, you know? Well, and then don't you think, you know, when, when it is descheduled or rescheduled or somehow, you know, interstate commerce is allowed, I mean, you're going to be kind of stuck with all of these redundant assets. Um, so, you know, I think, I think they're, they're mindful of that too, because especially now given a new administration and, you know, maybe who knows, maybe it's accelerated, maybe, I don't, you know. Yeah. And they have to have the capital too. Like, uh, Josh Genderson, I talked to him, uh, about, um, sale leasebacks. Like a lot mm. of these oh, yeah. uh, Huge cannabis trend. companies do sale leasebacks to sort of just, they prefer to rent. Like, it's just like anything else. Like if you rent, right, you don't have to worry about the, the, uh, money that goes into a house. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. So a lot of these companies are doing these sale leaseback deals where they sell their, um, facilities, to um, someplace like IPP or whatever, uh, a REIT, and then they um, just pay rent and they get the mo- their money from the sale, and then maybe they could put that toward like a like a acquiring licenses or um, a place in New Jersey. Like if Josh Genderson, you know, has that capital that's you know on the side ready to put to use, he might put it toward like an acquisition in Jersey and then you know expand that way. Yeah. So it's an a interesting lot of play. companies are doing that for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also one of the reasons there was a rush to go public, um, you know, and access some capital that's not, I don't know, super, super expensive. It's just super expensive. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's what I'm looking forward to. I wonder if there's going to be more IPOs in 2021. Huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, do you, what do you think about these companies going public? Uh, well, I, I, it's funny. I, I don't really have like a personal opinion. I just kind of just gauge what I'm hearing. Like some folks like, like Josh from Hostick, he doesn't want to go public. Um, well, at least that was the impression that he gave me at the time. Who knows if like in a month he might change his mind, but like, I think that he, he likes being private. Um, you know, I met another guy over the summer who was a, a private equity professional. He was, um, He's, he was all about being private, but he was, I guess, biased toward being uh, uh, private. Um, so, because you don't have to answer to oh, a board it's a of directors. Huge pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> and expensive. Those pesky um, directors. Pesky overseers. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, in my opinion, I think that um, you know, it all depends on, on your strategy. If you're cool with that, you know, uh, if, you, if you come with that mindset, like I think um, certain CEOs just, they, they like having, you know, uh, a board to work with and an a- to answer to. They, they just come from that world, whereas others, they, it's kind of so stressful. Yeah, I think when we saw the IPO, like, boom uh, a couple of years ago, that you had a lot of guys that thought maybe they understood what, that, what being a public company CEO meant. And then once they actually were one, weren't necessarily suited for that job. Right. I mean, we yeah. had to tell, I mean, we do public and investor relations and, and we've had several, you know, conversations with, with new CEOs and, and we're like, you need to spend 25% of your time on, on communication, be it investor <laughs> relations, shareholder relations, talking to the press, you know, um, yeah. and, and that is just something that a lot of them just weren't prepared for. Um, yeah. Well, that's why they pay you the big bucks. <laughs> exactly. So, so we can bug them. I, I don't ever want to do your job. I think you guys, are just, but, but at the same time, I think it would be fun to, you know, cause you have to prepare for crisis management, right? Like, how do yeah. you, how do you train for that? I didn't really talk to the, the, um, 
the kids in journalism school who, who were leaning towards PR. <laughs> I mean, whose interview is this, Tony? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just interested because I, I love, I consider you guys part of the brotherhood, you know? Oh, uh, I mean, well, what's funny is I was a journalism major and I only took the PR classes because I had, uh, time in my schedule and I wound up getting a PR internship. Um, mm. and she, the, you know, my mentor at the time hired me and that was a job that was paying me and yeah. I didn't get a journalism job that paid me. So I was like, okay, let's do this. Um, and, and it went from there. And I mean, I think from, especially from the cannabis side of the business, you've, it's been fascinating because you have to learn, like we always joke that we're building the plane as we're flying it. Um, yeah. and you know, I've never been as in the trenches with my clients as I have been in this industry. Um, yeah. I mean, we're so in the trenches, we have a flipping podcast about it, you know? Yeah. Uh -huh. So, uh -huh. um, you know, it's, it's, it's an investment on our part and, um, you know, something that we have a team that's just really become passionate about it. And, and yeah, you do need to prepare for, for the crises and, and all of that stuff. I mean, like you, you do for, for most clients. Um, but it's, it is a little bit different in this world because, you know, we've had clients be like, they just shut my bank account down. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how to deal with that crisis. Right, right, right. <laughs> like you need to call someone other than me <laughs> to, to get it reopened. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's definitely a different beast, but it's, it has been fun for well, sure. You know what I think is really cool that you guys did was start this podcast and you talk to journalists and reporters because we're, despite what 45 said, we're not the enemy of the people, right? Yeah. We're, 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 we're just telling stories oh, at the end and, of the day. And truly we love reporters. I mean, there's times that you guys make us want to pull our hair out, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we're, we're there to help you and, you know, cause cl clients will come and go, but you know, I still need to call on the same reporters that I call on and, um, you know, it's, it's a relationship and yeah. yeah. Well, let me, uh, cause the thing is, it's like, you know, sometimes, you know, I think having, obviously I don't want to burn any bridges, right. As a journalist. So, talking to you guys about, you know, company culture. And if there was like a, like a, a huge mess or a, a can of spilled worms, like we, we could have that, you know, relationship where we walk through it together, you know, and there's a lot of journalists who will use like a lot of rhetoric and that's, that's a bad thing. You know, I think, you know, you have to just really be as honest as possible. In, in the reporting and, you know, don't use uh, hyperbole or whatever. Um, and you don't want to burn bridges. You want to, you want to uh, be friendly at least with the, with the, with the PR folks, because we're on the same team. Well, right. And we're in such an age of transparency. I mean, PR is different than, than what it was when I started 20 years ago or 18 years ago or however yeah. old I am. Um, you know, it's just, there's the, you know, social media and people have such direct access. Um, and they're finding, you know, but a lot of, uh, you know, some of our clients are, are, you know, have realized that, you know, a structured communication strategy and cadence, um, is important and it makes investors feel better. It makes their stakeholders feel better. Yeah. Um, it and makes their employees feel better. It makes their employees feel better. Right. right. So, I mean, like, like a guy like, um, uh, Elon Musk, like I, I could never imagine working for him. <laughs> I mean, uh, for so many reasons, yeah. not least of which his Twitter account, you know, right. there's just no way to create. Um, I mean, he's, despite that Tesla is a great company, but uh, like, 
I don't know. There's just, there's so much risk inherent in, in the stuff that he pulls that, you know, I don't know how you clean that up. Well, yeah, so think, how do you, how do you tell a guy like that to just let, stay off Twitter? Cause well, you can tell like looking at, you know, sorry to cut you off, Nick, but I was just, this is something I was thinking about this morning because I think I saw like an, uh, an excerpt from a speech that Biden made, but it was, that was his tweet. And I don't think Biden's tweeting. I think somebody is like, he made a speech. I'm going to pull out this awesome quote and I'm going to put it up on the web. Whereas Trump obviously threw those rules out the window and he was, he's on his phone. Like, you know, that those tweets are coming from him. And Barack Obama used to put, uh, I think was a combination of both. He would put, was it him who put BO at the end? Or no, did he do that? Um, was it him that did that? There's been a couple politicians and, and celebrities that have done that and they'll put their initials like this one is for me. Yeah, so um, if you had Elon at the table like right now or on the mic in this episode, <laughs> you'd be like, listen, why do you want this aggravation? Why don't you just let me handle your Twitter account and I'll make you sound good? You well, know what I, I mean? I think Elon was getting that advice and that's why he fired his whole PR team. Yeah. I don't think Tesla has anybody uh, that constitutes a PR department anymore. But mm. yeah, at, at that point, if, if they're just going to keep pushing back and pushing back, it's, it's their business that they want to run. And, you know, they hired us to give the counsel, but if they want to go a different way, then they go a different way. And, um, you know, if it, if it does cause a mess, then, you know, we're still here to work with them and, and help them clean it up. But, you know, we, you can work around it. Well, there's, there's something to be said about that. Like, why would you want the mess? Why do you want the headache of having to deal with the backlash. So when you tweet something that's that's insane, like the our, our president <laughs> does, like why would you why would you want that? I think there's a fundamental, um, like a, a human issue of needing attention and needing needing to cause know that your words cause, you know, markets to move or uh, countries to be attacked or people to get fired. There's a, a, a power there that yeah. I think is very attractive to people like that. Um, and that is just, it's just the antithesis of me. Like I, I would never want that kind of power. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and if I did, I certainly would, would have more reverence for it. Yeah. And respect reverence for indeed. It. So like I, there was one tweet, I woke up one morning, I forget when it was, it was like, uh, Trump said something like, uh, we're locked and loaded after there was an attack on, on Saudi oil. I was like, what do you mean we're locked and yeah. loaded? Like, what yeah. about, like, I don't want yeah. us to start my morning at 7am knowing right. that we're, we're going to, we're locked and loaded, ready to blow up Iran or something like that. Like, why are we doing this? Right. And uh, you know, it's, 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 it was just a huge, uh, I don't know. I mean, rather <laughs> Well, it's PR, right? <laughs> Imagine being his person, being like just, you know, biting your nails every time he sent out a tweet. I, no. Yeah, Thank no, you. I not, don't want to do that. I, I would turn that down. <laughs> <laughs> but it would make great if you could spend like in five years, say you were that person and you could write a book in five years, like, you know, you probably make a lot of money. Yeah, I, I think it goes nope. back to the Still old nope. Darren Ravel, the Darren Ravel tweet. It's like, I feel bad for America, but this is tremendous content. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't right. heard that. That's really funny. So what do you well, think is going to happen? Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. you go. I was going to ask. This is what, your podcast. What do you guys think is going to happen next? Like what happened? Assuming I saw something, um, I follow Stephen Adley Gerges on Twitter and he he posted this thing about Michigan 
the um, the appeals court rejected, you know, Trump's documents or whatever. And then, uh, so that lawsuit's kind of in limbo right now, but he just launched today a lawsuit against Pennsylvania. Like, are, assuming, you know, nothing happens because, you know, there's there's no proof of fraud. What do you guys think this guy's going to do with his with himself? Well, so... So here, here's my, like, I I don't know. I did it as like a Tuesday morning rant to my two best friends. Um, and I kind of thought that, um, Trump is keeping up this, this defiance, I think because he's probably raising money off of it. And these people who are donating to these like legal defense funds and all of that stuff are not necessarily realizing that some of their money is going to pay for debt from the mm. campaign. Yep. Um, and I think with the whole toying with running for, for 2000, for 2024, I think he enjoys the act of running for president and all of the rallies versus actually being president. So I right. think he's like, he's feeling out what his next play may be. And while he's doing that, he's just fucking with the American people. <laughs> yeah. And I think when you just go beyond that, like you look at why some of the Republican senators haven't necessarily, I think only like Susan Collins and maybe like one or other, uh, Senator has actually congratulated Joe Biden. It's yeah. you have the January 5th runoff of Georgia. Right, and right. so they, they're all going to be staying in this campaign mode to, you know, support their colleagues to try and get reelected. So I think after that election, um, we'll see a, a large change from the, the rest of the body. Yeah. Do you think he goes to OAN news? <laughs> I've heard that. I heard that. that really? He, yeah, that he was uh, going to either try and buy OAN News or rebrand it to the Trump TV thing, um, and that uh, he's he's basically threatening that um, to get a big uh, paid contributorship from Fox News so that they can make sure that they hang on to that Trump audience that may abandon them. Um, that's you kind of we've been seeing over the last week. Yeah, it'll be t- uh, Trump OAN, so it'd be T O A N. Oh, and no. Because he, he's got to put his name on it. <laughs> right, oh, of yeah. course. Of course. Tone news. But <laughs> imagine being the person telling him, you can only have, listen, Mr. Trump, but you 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 can have prime time. You can't have the whole Right, three like, hours network. you get. Yeah. Well, Ivanka <laughs> can fill some. Jared can fill some. There's oh got to be some God. boneheaded, like, you know, Eric and Don Jr. reality show programming. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. I think it was Mark Marin who goes, he should just go to Russia and he, he'll be, he'll have instant oligarch status. Like uh-huh. they'll give him, he'll get the car and the ring and everything. Yeah. Oh my God. The green rush, ladies and gentlemen, come yeah. for the pot, stay for the politics. Yeah. I think um, like Maggie Haberman retweeted like what, what, what it means for his legacy or something like that. I just remember her, her name popping up, but will it hurt his legacy if he doesn't concede? I'm like in his own mind, he's he's gonna have a happy ending, of right? Course. Assuming, yeah. I mean, some some people are like, oh, he's gonna go to jail. I'm like, I don't I don't think he's gonna go to jail, but he might he might lose a lot of money if all these um, uh, debt stories are true. I don't know if and he has a lot of money to lose, that, yeah. Anymore. It, 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 I, I don't know, but I, I could see an OAN play with <laughs> very easily. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Or bring back Celebrity Apprentice. You don't think he would bring back Celebrity Apprentice? I don't know if NBC would bring it back. (laughs) Honestly, I hope he does that. Keep him busy with that shit. Like, you know, like let's the the next, you know, he he needs something to to hold his attention. And I just don't want it to be America anymore. No, I think, I mean, we we love our reboots. We love our remakes, you know? 
Bring Back yeah. Celebrity Apprentice returns for a, a, a 25th season starring the original, you know? Or does he pull a John Boehner and join a cannabis board? That's interesting. But, you know, he's he's an Adderall guy, I think, or Sudafed. He doesn't really... <laughs> that, that was the rumor that I heard. I don't, I don't think... The guy, the guy doesn't even drink. For him, he gets his kicks off of uh, two scoops of ice cream. He doesn't and get his Diet kicks Coke. off of it. Yeah. And uh, Diet Coke. Yeah. I think John Boehner... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, a, a John, when I heard that news, um, I, I thought that was, I thought a tide was turning there. When you get these, like, straight-edge Republican types being like, hey, I was wrong about cannabis and CBD, and uh, there's money to be made. I thought that was, like, a real turning point. And, um, you know, to, to see his involvement. I don't know. What did you guys think? Well, we... We did it. We worked for we work for Acreage. Oh, <laughs> so we there put you out go. the news. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um so Did you guys he, ever meet him? Uh Nick has. I don't think uh, I have. No, I, I actually didn't get to meet him in person. Okay. No. Just a couple yeah. of phone calls. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool that like, you know, a, a guy that you guys it's like these voices that are coming out now and being and expressing support. And it's usually like an older person. You know, so like the culture is really changing. Like, um, you know, folks who grew up at a time where, you know, drugs are bad or whatever. And, and to an extent that's true because you, you can, you know, too much of anything is a bad thing. The key to moderation is moderation. So you have like, um, you know, and I, I did a podcast recently with um, this guy who's a, it's a health podcast. And in the, a lot of the questions were, well, can you walk us through the difference between, you know, CBD and, and cannabis. So now that people are trying, are really starting to understand that difference, you start to hear voices like, like, like from that age bracket, you know, being Martha like, Stewart. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Martha, Martha freaking Stewart, man. I know. Yeah. I mean, and the population's aging and they're, I mean, we're finding it in our own families, right? Like you're getting questions from your mom and, um, you know, it's, this is, this is an alternative to some for, to help some of the aches and pains with, you know, what happens grow, you know, when you grow older, Oh my sleeplessness, gosh. I, I, you know, all of that stuff. I think it'd be hilarious if they had like a one giant high game of Mahjong or something like that. And, <laughs> and I watched that reality show. Village, Just like stream it. Just stream it. Or, <laughs> or they dump a bag of weed into a pot of marinara sauce and like have some pasta. Like, like that could be a thing. That's I think amazing. there's already a cannabis um, pasta. Like why not just, you know, go all, you know, yeah. it's legal in New Jersey. So why not? All your aches and pains will go away. And your belly will be full. <laughs> wow. I can't believe an hour went by. Is I there, anything, yeah. is there well, anything that I should have talked about that I didn't? Well, we want would... to talk about Benzinga and your work oh, at okay. Benzinga. You guys have been, you know, consistently on the leading edge of, you know, you guys took a bet too, um, you know, to, to decide to put time and resources to cover this. Yeah. Um, you know, did you ever think you'd be a, a cannabis journalist? Well, I, I, I delved into it uh, last year and a little bit the year before, um, and I enjoyed it. I, I, I gravitate toward what uh, just whatever stories really interest me. And there was something to be said about, um, uh, it wasn't Acreage, but it was another company that um, was, was, was making moves. And then there was the Tiki Barber podcast. And, I was, and when I found out that Benzinga had an entire team devoted to cannabis news and they were looking for an editor. I was like, Hey, I can, I can do that. 
and I just, you know, sent them all the covers that I had done. And, and luckily they, they were kind enough to bring me on board and, um, cannabis gets the most, I believe I could be wrong, but, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it gets the most hits on that website. And it's just a wonderful team. Like everybody's so smart. Um, you know, the, none, nobody on my team is, um, you know, uh, they're just really smart, sharp reporters. And, you know, there's, yeah, I got to mention this, Yelena, there's Javier, who, who you've met and spoken to, I'm sure. Yep. Um, there's Nina, who's just back, who just got back from maternity leave. She's been killing it. Um, there's Natan and Andrew Ward. And they're, they're just really smart folks. And um, we take a pretty... Um, we, we take a fair look, you know, at, at the industry, but the type of stuff that we're doing, it's, it's almost like, a, a almost journalist journal, like, you know, where we're telling like the stories you might not hear from other corners of the web and um, you know, and, and, and the, the straight line, you know, business, businessy stories, you know, like we get, we get the, the top folks every, every week for our uh, Benzinga cannabis hour. Um, I would like to maybe plug even it. do two shows. Plug it. <laughs> yeah, every every week, every Thursday at four o'clock, uh, you can go to Benzinga on YouTube and subscribe to ben, the Benzinga Cannabis Hour and tune in. We have uh, th- at least three guests a week. It's hosted by uh, Patrick Lane, Elliot Lane, or Javier, and myself. And uh, we've just been—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a great experience. It's—it's it's a casual chat, just like this, where we talk about trends in the industry. And if you want to know uh, the latest goings on where the place to go to. We'll stick yeah. a link in our show yeah. notes because it's a yeah. great podcast and I was honored to be a part of it a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, you were you amazing, by the way. Thank oh, you. And well, I, I let's love, not go that far. No, you were. I, it was your idea to come up with, because one thing that I was always insecure about is I, I, I don't like handling more than like two guests on a podcast. And you Same. and I balanced, <laughs> what do we balance? We balanced four. like five, four. There were six of us. Jesus. Yeah, that's and a lot. It's a lot. And then, but she was, Anne was in the background, Nick, like messaging me, like, you take this question. I was like, okay, great. Oh, yeah. And then Nick's she was like, like oh, do you have a follow-up? And I was like, yeah, I do. And, she, and so we didn't have to, it was easy. You know, it was like a great, she's the epitome of a good collaborator. In the, and I've never even met her in person, but like we just, we talked twice before that or once. And then um, this was the second time we just had like that, you know, rapport, which made it work. And I think listeners who tune into shows like that, they, they don't notice it. They don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but it, it goes a lot, you know, a lot goes into, you know, producing a podcast and to, ha- and to balance six people, yeah, that you know, was... including us. I mean, it's, yeah. no, it's not a, it's not a walk in the park. Yeah. And this whole, I mean, thank you so much for the kind words, but you know, all of the zoom stuff is, is still, you know, new and people are feeling it out. And I mean, you guys are so used to doing events in person. Um, you know, it has to be a huge change for you and, and, you know, it's a, just a new like skill and muscle to to learn. I I call it planet uh, zoom because we're all, we're we're going to be like this until, you know, because once the vaccine to bring it full circle, because we started talking about the vaccine at the top of the hour, but now when the vaccine comes out, it's going to go toward, you know, the folks who are on the front lines, right? Like yeah. healthcare yeah. workers. And so we're probably not going to see it for a while. So we got to get cozy and, and get used to this, this lifestyle, at least for, I, I hope maybe at least several months more. And then once the, the, you know, we tick into maybe the, the middle of 2021, we'll, you know, be vaccinated. We could start having conferences again. 
and uh, we'll be back on track and, and Ann and I can do something on a stage or something with, with, you know, five guests and it'll probably be more fun. <laughs> well, I'm definitely in. I do miss traveling. I do miss the conference circuit. Uh, yeah. My feet don't miss it, but you know, I, I yeah. miss it. Do you, um, you got to travel around and, and mm-hmm. you know, on the company buck, right? Like you got oh, to yeah. see a lot of different towns. <laughs> For sure. What, yeah. What's like your favorite town to visit? Um, it's not Las Vegas. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> I, can tell you that. I love Portland. Um, you know, I love Portland. I love San Francisco. Um, you know, I think they're with their, you know, their, their cannabis culture is cool. Uh, um, cannabis, they're, they're going to do mushroom culture now. I know. Yeah. And that's another, we're, we might spin off a podcast just on that. Cause yeah, we may you have know. to get uh, Nathan on here uh, to yes. talk about some psychedelics <laughs> from your team, Anthony. Yeah, Nathan was, uh, he, he loves talking about that stuff. He does the, the column every week. If anybody's interested in reading up on uh, psychedelics, uh, Nathan does the, um, the mushroom column every week. Psyched. It's yeah, psyched. Yep. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> the spinoff show. Yeah, keep going. I mean, I think it's really cool that you guys did, did this one podcast and now just, why not? Spin why off. not? You know, like all in the family had mod. You guys have, you guys come up with a mushroom podcast. Wow. That's a throwback. I know. What, what is wrong with me? What does that say about me? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Am I like, I'm like 80 years old. I reference all in the family. Well, on that note, this has been such a pleasure. Um, I like that we did it free form. It's just the world we're living in right now. So um, thank you for just making it so easy. And, and I think, really enjoyable. So at oh, least selfishly really enjoyable. I hope everyone well, else enjoys it too. I'm really honored to be a guest. I hope I wasn't as, uh, I hope I was at least a, a fraction as entertaining as, uh, Kevin Smith was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, Tony, no, you're great. no comment there, but, but what a great place to end it. <laughs> Thank right. you, Anthony. Thank you, Tony. Take care guys. Special thanks to our guest, Anthony Noto of Benzinga. Make sure you're following all of Benzinga's cannabis coverage and their events by going to Benzinga.com or follow at BZ Cannabis on Twitter. As always, thanks for listening. If you want to chat with us, you can find us on Twitter with the handle at the underscore Green Rush or on Instagram at the Green Rush underscore podcast. Drop us an email at greenrush at kcsa.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Sign up on uh, your favorite podcatcher to make sure you get all of our new episodes. And thanks for listening. That's one take, Shay. One take. Cannabis. Cannabis.